Hey guys, this is Robert from Limitless Broadcasting. And Sammy. I was getting to you. (laughs) But we wanted to tell you some exciting news. We are going to be at the Indiana Comic Con, March 22nd through the 24th. That's going to be at the Indianapolis or... Indiana Convention Center. In Indianapolis, let's say that. (laughs) So if you were going to the convention, please come over to the Limitless Broadcasting booth Mm -hmm. and say hello. Yeah, I believe it was booth 1710. 1710. Yes, so it's a huge convention. Yeah. Probably the biggest one I think we've been to. Yeah, this is going to be like Megacon. Yeah, unfortunately I will not be there in person. Robbie will be there but he's going to have some uh, fun friends with him. Yes. Including, I believe, from Pixie Dust Twins, Ashley. First con for her. And so if you're there, ask us about Rant Radio because you can win $1,000 from Limitless Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very excited about that. And who doesn't love a good rant? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we will, or I guess I should say Robbie, will see you soon at the Indiana Comic Convention. And what days... Are you going to be there one more time? Uh, we're going to be there the 22nd through the 24th of March. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you guys there soon. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. What's your favorite scary movie? What's the boogeyman? You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? Showtime. Hi, and welcome to You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. I'm your host, Robbie. And I'm Sammy. And welcome to another show. Yes. And today, we are discussing Halloween 2. Yes. The spooky season is officially over, though. Eh, but not for us. But not for us. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to scratch that itch, make sure you check out our latest episodes. Mm-hmm. You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. Yep. For October, we went ahead and released every week along with some bonus episodes. Yes. So I think probably every October we'll release every week. Yes. As a special spooky season treat. Yes. I don't know if it'll bleed into September or not. We'll have to see where we're at in a year. <laughs> but definitely in October, we'll release every week with probably, again, doing bonus episodes and whatnot around that time of year. But now we're back to every other week. Yes. For plus, the remainder of the future that we can see. <laughs> plus, we're trying to get more celebrity guest interviews. We've mm-hmm. reached out to a few of them. We're waiting to hear back. Robbie's working on that. Yep. I actually enjoy interviewing celebrities, especially when they've been on these kind of franchises and movies. Mm-hmm. I-, I like to hear their experiences and what they went through to get the role and everything. And I really liked when we interviewed the cast of the Halloween fam film. Yes. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yes. And we're going to actually have them back on. As a follow-up. As a follow-up because... Halloween Death Walks Among Us is actually out on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. It has over 4,000 views. I'm not sure where we're at as of right now, but it's moving up there and they're planning to do a second one. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. So we're going to have the cast on again again to kind of follow up after the, the screening and how was it and how the impact of the release happened. So yep. we're excited for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So sure. check that episode out. 
in yes. in our last episodes. Yes, check it out. And there's a link for all of the information. And definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Limitless Broadcasting YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. You'll find the video on there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. So moving on. Ready to dive into Halloween too? Yeah. All right. Dun, dun, dun. What do you got for me? All right. This was released October 30th, 1981. Very close to Halloween, actually. Wow. I'm not even born yet. No. But and I noticed a lot of these movies never come out that close to Halloween, like the day before. So right. Right. That's pretty unique. You ready for a summary? I am. After failing to kill stubborn survivor Lori, dun, 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 as we saw in the first movie, and taking a bullet or six from former psychiatrist Dr. Sam Loomis, Michael Myers has followed Lori to the Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, where she's been admitted for Myers' attempt on her life. This institution proves to be particularly suited to serial killers, however, as Myers cuts stabs and slashes his way through hospital staff to reach his favorite victim. Thank you to the IMDb user who wrote that. That's pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> <And> accurate. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, I enjoyed that. This movie was rated R. Duh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Genre. Again, we are in the Carpenter movies, so we switched from Scream. So the genre is holiday horror, mystery, and thriller. Really? And the word holiday always makes me laugh because I'm assuming it's because it's Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. But generally when you say holiday, you're going to lean towards like Christmas. I feel like that's the first thing that pops in my head when I hear holiday. It's not Halloween. It's like snow. and During Halloween, I always made it a point to tell people happy Happy Halloween. Halloween. Anywhere we went, the waitress, Mm -hmm. if we're at the grocery store, happy Happy Halloween. Because Everybody says, Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Mm -hmm. To our Jewish brother and sister, Happy Hanukkah. True. You know, but Mm -hmm. nobody ever says, Happy Halloween. So Sammy thought that was funny every time we'd go out. Mm -hmm. And people would kind of be like, "Uh, oh, oh, Happy Halloween. Yeah, most of them said it back. Yeah, but some of them were a bit confused there was a pause there was definitely a pause like yeah okay happy Mm -hmm. halloween but it's a thing it is a thing so we'll continue to do it yes (laughs) oh halloween 2 was directed by rick rosenthal not john carpenter Mm -hmm. i wonder why producers deborah hill john carpenter writer john carpenter deborah hill opening weekend it made a seven point about seven point five million dollars opening okay. weekend. Its gross in the U.S. and Canada was twenty five point five million, on a budget of two point five million. Okay, it has a little bit more money for the budget than the uh, first movie. The budget for the first movie it was, was like, like three hundred thousand. Yeah, a little bit more for this one. Yeah, it went up a little bit. This one has a runtime of one hour and thirty two minutes and was distributed by Universal Pictures. I probably loved getting that. Mm-hmm. So it got picked up by a new distributor because the first one was so popular. Yep. Makes sense. Now, ratings. Critics gave this one 30% according to Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience set gave it a 63% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's sitting at a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Would you agree with that? Um, I mean, I'd say this is like in the middle, probably. I think it t- picks up 
towards the end of the movie. Yeah. In the beginning, it's still kind of slow. Mm-hmm. And there are things that bother me. Yes. <laughs> about the film, which you'll definitely get into. Yes. But oh, right boy. now we're talking. Where you guys are getting the killer facts out of the out of this episode? Well, right now we're on filming locations. Oh, we haven't hit the killer facts no, yet. No, we're jumping ahead a little bit. Oops, it's my okay. fault. It's okay. Keep going. So, filming locations: Morningside Hospital on Harvard Boulevard in Los Angeles, Garfield Elementary in Alhambra, and I think, yeah, California. I probably said that wrong. This is the school that Michael breaks into, where he wrote Sam Hain on the the chalkboard. The Veterans Hospital in Los Angeles, which was also um, was featured as part of Haddonfield Hospital and then Kirsten Court on Sierra Madre Boulevard. And that was the town square. Okay. Cast. All right. Of course, Jamie Lee Curtis is back as Laurie Strode. Can't have this movie without her. We have Nicole Drucker as a young Laurie Strode. Donald Pleasance again returns as Dr. Sam Lewis because also he needed to be obviously yeah. in this movie. I mean that he was pretty typecasted after the first one took off. Nobody mm-hmm. else could play him. Nope. Charles Cyphers as Sheriff Lee Brackett. Lance Guest was Jimmy. Pamela Susan Shoup as Nurse Karen Bailey. Hunter Van Leer was Deputy Gary Hunt. Tawny Moyer was Nurse Jill Franco. We have Anna Alicia as Nurse Janet Marshall. Nancy Stevens as Marion Chambers. Dick Warlock as Michael Myers slash The Shape slash Patrolman number three. I didn't know he's Patrolman number three. Look at that. He had a whole extra role. They probably paid him well for Mm -hmm. that. We also had Adam Gunn as a young Michael Myers. Nick Castle and Tony Marone also made an appearance as Michael Myers' dagger. I'm not sure what that means, but... I'm not sure either. I don't know. Gloria Gifford as Nurse Virginia Alves. Leo Rossi as Bud Scarletti. Ford Rainey as Dr. Frederick Mixter. Jamie Kramer as Graham. Cliff Emmett as Bernard Garrett. Uh, Let's see. John Zenda as Marshall Terrence Gamel. Man, there's a bunch of them. There are. Ann Bruner as Alice Martin. Lucille Benson as Mrs. Elroyd. She's the one who gets killed like right off the bat at the beginning. Catherine Bergstrom as Deborah Lane. Anne Marie Martin as Darcy. Dana Carvey as Barry McNichol. I'm sorry. Billy Warlock as Craig Levent. Alan Hoffrecht as an announcer. Uh, Nancy Loomis makes an appearance in this as Annie. Remember, okay. Annie was killed off in the first one. Mm-hmm. She's just a corpse, but still. It's cool. She counts. So she's cool. In yeah, she she's gets back in, in here. She gets a credit, an IMDb credit, saying mm-hmm. you were in the movie. Yep. Brian Adams as Tommy Doyle. Kyle Richards as Lindsay Wallace. Jonathan Prince as Ronnie, as Randy Lawner. And Jack Verbose, Verbose as Ben Tramer. So you know what I think this is? I think Dagger is like like when they go back to the first movie and play footage. Yeah. Because, yeah, Tommy and Lindsay, yeah, that would have been like, mm-hmm. this is what happened. So that's why Nick Castle's credits. That makes sense. Okay. okay. Yeah, that why, does. why they said Dagger. <sighs> anyway, filming your favorite part. Yes. I Cameras. Do mm-hmm. They used a Panavision, Panaflex Gold, and Panavision C and E series lenses. Okay. I think that's what they used on the first one, too. Yeah. Producer writer John Carpenter did not like the director, as we said, Rick Rosenthal's 
first version of the film. He thought it was as scary as an episode of Quincy M.E., which I think is a way to say it's not scary at all. Quincy M.E.? Yeah, that's uh, Quincy Medical Examiner. It was like a TV show in the 70s. Oh. I think he's saying it's not scary. Okay. (laughs) I think it's not a nice comment to make. A re-edit was done, but Carpenter still found it to be too tame, so he took over the editing process and sped up the action. So that's how John Carpenter was really involved. Thank God for that, right? He shot a, uh, John Carpenter also shot a few gory scenes that were added into the film despite Rosenthal's objections. This annoyed Rosenthal because he had wanted the sequel to emulate the way the original avoided explicit violence and gore in favor of a well-crafted suspense and terror movie. In fact, Carpenter had intended for Halloween 2 to do just that, but the success of the new wave of slasher films in 79 and 80 made him afraid that a film that was scary and R-rated but didn't have the bloodshed and nudity wouldn't do so well at the box office. So that's why he added in. I can see that. Those extra scenes. He later said that he thought Rosenthal didn't have a feeling for what was going on with the film. Uh, Rosenthal, Rosenthal would go on to direct Halloween Resurrection in 2002, though. Well, good thing they didn't not like each other. They so, just disagreed. Yep, and he so he will return. In the creative process, you ha- mm-hmm. will have that. Yep, for sure in Hollywood. And this film is set immediately after the first Halloween in 1978. It's the same... Honestly, the same, the same day, night. the mm-hmm. same night. Yep. Okay. Since Jamie Lee Curtis had begun to war, wear her hair in a much shorter hairstyle in the 80s, she actually had to wear a wig to match her original hairstyle. Really? I did not know that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fun fact for you. All right. Now. Now we're at the killer, the killer facts. facts. Yes. Kill count 10 wow. in this movie. We had Alice Martin stabbed in the chest with a butcher knife. Ben Tramer was hit by a car and then burned to death in an explosion. Mr. Garrett had a hammer claw to the head. Bud was strangled to death with a cord. Nurse Karen Bailey was drowned slash scolded, whatever, to death in the hot tub. Dr. Mixter was found with a syringe in his eyeball. That one's pretty gross. That was pretty gross. I don't enjoy that. That was pretty good. Yeah, when they show all that. Nurse Alza was found with blood drained through an IV. That's pretty creative. Nurse Jill was stabbed in the back with a scalp scalpel and lifted up right. Michael really likes to like pick people up and do crap to them yeah they, yeah so, he does yeah it's like a thing and the u.s marshal had the his throat split with the scalpel right yeah fun times over there in the, the hospital the mask that michael wears is the exact same mask it's a repainted and modified captain kirk mask as you remember mm-hmm. uh, it's the original that was worn in halloween 1978 but it does look different if you look at it and that's because the paint had faded for a few reasons so firstly they said that nick castle who was the obviously we said the original michael myers kept it in his back pocket during shoots okay (laughs) gonna kind of mess it up a little bit also now this has been disputed so i saw this was a fact and then saw it wasn't so take this with a grain of salt the other story is that Deborah Hill kept the mask under her bed for several years until filming of Halloween 2, and it ended up collecting dust and turned yellow because she was a heavy smoker. But then okay. someone else said that wasn't true, so I don't know. Yeah, just, I don't know. Draw your own conclusion. Can't say for sure. Also, the mask appears to be wider because Dick Warlock is shorter and stockier than Nick Castle, so the mask is going to fit him differently. Right. Makes sense. You have a different actor playing Michael, so it's going to look a little bit different. 
And as the producers thought it would be the final sequel in the series, they actually let Warlock keep the mask, scalpel, boots, jumpsuit, and knife used in filming. Oops. And then when they decided to revive Michael on Halloween 4, the producers realized they made a mistake and they never gave the props out to the cast or crew again. Well, so, lucky for him he got it yeah. when he did. Mm-hmm. So as we move down the line, the masks and whatnot are going to look a little bit different because they gave it away. That makes sense. Oops. Mm, yeah. As the story goes, we just said the mask is the same one used in the first movie, but the stunt mask that Tony Moran and Jim Winburn use is different from the Nick Castle stunt mask. Really? Yes. So the stunt mask from the first movie was used in the final scene after Michael is shot in the eyes. And this is the mask that is seen burning away at the end. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. To get the role of Michael Myers, I like this, Dick Warlock revealed that as he passed by a room, he saw the Michael Myers mask on a table. Okay. Right when he's going to do his his read, his audition, whatever. He put the mask on and walked into Rick Rosenthal's office and then stood there. <laughs> After Rosenthal continuously asked him who he was and he didn't reply, he took off the mask and asked if he could play Michael Myers. Uh, I wish, okay, Michael doesn't talk. Right. Right. So I guess, yeah, you're not going to have lines to read. Right. Know, unless they, they give you something to read just to see how you are as an actor. But yeah, I mean, Michael stands and he walks and he stabs. He stabs and he kills and he maims. Yes, but he does stare a lot. So appropriate. Yeah. I feel like for an audition. That would be pretty funny. Who mm-hmm. are you? Who are you? And he kept asking him and nothing. Yeah. Dick Warlock is the shortest Michael Myers in the entire series. And in fact, he wore lifts to appear taller for how, the movie. I wonder how tall he is. I do not know. Do you want me to check? No. Okay. But he's the shortest. Okay. That makes sense because Nick Castle is like 6'9". Super tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe not 6'9", but he's like 6'5". I don't remember, but he is very tall. He is very he's tall. very tall man. Michael Myers was shot a total of 14 times in the film, seven before he escaped the Doyle residence, which actually doesn't match up with the first film because I believe it was six times. But then when they showed it here, it was seven, but yeah. Five times after he confronted Dr. Loomis, Lori and and nurse Marion Chambers at the front doors of the clinic and twice by Lori in the operating room. So he gets shot a lot. Yeah, and he survives. And he still survives. What a, what a shock. What, what a surprise, right? Yeah, that's Michael for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we got some special effects for this movie. Okay. I always like it when I can find stuff like this. Lance Guest did his own stunt when he trips on the blood and falls on the floor, and the scene was done in a single take. So, bravo. Good job. Good job with Good that. performance. Dick Warlock made sure that everyone was safe when they filmed the death scenes. So, for example, during Leo Rossi's death scene, when he was strangled from behind, he told the latter to arch his back and arms further as he gave four tugs, telling him to go limp after the fourth tug, which would help cushion the fall. Okay. I was like, that's cool. They're trying to really work together, make sure no one gets hurt during the movie. Because it's, you know, kind of rough. Even it's fake strangling, it's Mm -hmm. still going to be kind of hard on you, I would imagine. To achieve the bloody tear scene, according to Dick Warlock, in the mask's forehead was a bulb of fake blood. Makes sense. That makes sense. And when Dick Warlock stumbled back and put his hand on the mask, that's when the blood was released. So okay. he basically like, whoop, yeah, popped it and then blah, blood. That makes sense. According to Leo Rossi on a DVD commentary for the film, the water in the hot tub was actually freezing cold. 
Really? So opposite. That would suck. Yeah. Can, can yeah. you imagine try, having to play that it's nice and hot and everything? Well, and you're like wearing nothing in there. So, right. That's terrible. That mm, really sucks for them. Yeah. In addition to his role as the shape, Dick Warlock also appears as the policeman who accidentally hits Ben Tramer with his patrol car and crashes it into a van. So that was his other appearance. Warlock not only drove the car himself during the crash scene, but he also did all of his own stunts as Michael Myers. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I thought that was cool too. Good for him. Yeah. When Michael tries to attack Lori as she's climbing through the window, the scalpel that he's holding was actually just an eraser on a stick. (laughs) <laughs> kind of ruins the magic there, but okay. yes, it does. I thought that was pretty funny. The operating room scene was shot on a soundstage that replicates the hallway and operating room to achieve the explosion that kill. Okay, we're gonna say kills in quotes because yeah, that kills Michael Myers. Yeah, the cast were outside the soundstage and recall that they could feel the soundstage shake from the outside as the explosion was admitted to be more than what the stunt team expected. It was much bigger. Oops. <laughs> Oops, indeed. And this is why Jamie Lee Curtis actually falls when it goes off. She was not doing that on purpose. Okay. <laughs> it was a little more intense. So that was a real fall. Yeah. So Oops. Jamie, yeah, good job. Good job. You made it through. Way to stay in character. Yep. Donald Pleasance did his own stunt when he falls down after Michael Myers stabs him in the hospital operating room. Okay. There you go. You got Donald doing his own stunts, too. Look at that. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple horror movie references in here. Okay. The voice of Alice's friend, which is heard over a telephone, is the voice of Nancy Loomis, who we just reminded you played Annie in the original Halloween. And as we said, appears in this movie as her corpse. Right. So she also did some voiceover work. So there you go. The way Janet discovers Dr. Mixter's corpse is identical to the way that Mrs. Bates corpse is found in psycho okay and is immediately attacked by the killer thereafter though the one in psycho actually survives and it isn't surprising because again jamie lee curtis is the daughter of marion crane yes yeah i wonder what conversations are like on their dinner table at night yeah who knows oh i remember when i was on psycho well i remember when i was shooting halloween you know and we paid homage to psycho yeah so that would be creative i'm sure it's super interesting i'm sure mm-hmm. when we get to halloween h2o we can talk about both of them yeah as they're both spoiler alert in the movie yeah that'll be fun yes all right now we got some general trivia for you so this film was book ended by the song mr sandman i think we can uh i don't know i feel like i really attribute this movie now to michael myers or the song to michael myers yeah, here, Mr. Sammy, and it's just like it makes me think of. It was a good Halloween. score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it fits because it's just so weird. I don't know, just the vibe. Yeah, who it fits in. Absolutely. Uh, the same tune we'll also hear when we get to Halloween H two O twenty years later. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll be talking about it again. This is the only Halloween film to show the morning after the thirty first. Yes. Every other movie ends on Halloween night. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't you kind of like that though? To see what happened, to see what to continue with the, the next story. day. Although I don't, when I put this together, I don't think that's accurate anymore. If you look at all the Halloween movies, because that is true. There's one that just came out. Okay, spoiler. You know, kind of 
Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully you've watched the newest Halloween, Halloween ends, ends by now. But that one, yeah, that continues on. Yeah, because we we see them in the aftermath. Yeah, we. So I don't think this is true anymore. Not anymore. Now there's two. Right. Yeah. All right. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill originally had no interest in making a sequel as they believed the original Halloween was a standalone movie. Okay. I need you to keep this in mind as we continue on with our Halloween discussion, because when we get to the next movie, this is very important. Very much so. Yes. They had no interest in making a sequel with Michael Myers. They had no plans. He was done. Very important. Okay. Carpenter also felt the same time that the studio didn't pay him a fair amount of money for writing and directing the original, considering that had made so much money. Eh, get that. It did make a lot of money compared to their budget. When the studio offered him more money to write a script for the sequel, he accepted the job and a producer's credit so he could earn back what he believed was what he was owed for the first movie. So they made him whole, basically. Mm-hmm. But he did get a significant back-end salary for Halloween years later as well. So, so he, I'm sure he's living pretty high on I think all. John Carpenter is okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and however, due to a lack of ideas, the script was not forming out as well as Carpenter had thought. And he personally stated that the only thing helping him through the screenplay process was a six pack of Budweiser every day. Just like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh my goodness. That's intense. So he's literally writing this and just drinking beer, Mm -hmm. which led to what he believes is an inferior script and bad choices in the movie's story. He later called Halloween 2 an abomination and a horrible movie. An abomination. Wow. John Carpenter is not a fan of Of his own movie. Well, maybe you shouldn't have been drunk while you were helping to write it. But, you know, the things you learn, right? The things you learn on your way, right? Mm -hmm. On your journey. (sighs) So this sequel, though not as successful at the box office as the original Halloween, still grossed more money than any other 1981 horror movies like The Howling, Friday the 13th Part 2, and The Final Conflict. Okay. Still made a lot of money compared to the other movies. One common criticism is that the hospital is too conveniently dead. Yes. 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 That's Even one. for a night shift, because Michael just wanders around. Nobody sees him in there. He's just like, bing, bang, boom, just killing all these people because there's like five of them. I've spent so much time in the hospital <sighs> that I know that would never be true. I know it's a movie, but you can't even get out of bed without somebody checking on you mm-hmm. or an alarm going off. And we had the same problem when we were discussing Scream. 2022 yes because there was nobody at the freaking hospital exactly they don't leave patients alone that's not they don't how give them works. a wing to themselves and say well hopefully hopefully you survive we'll tomorrow bye-bye yep. see you later now rick rosenthal said he based this off of his personal experience he had with his wife where they attended a hospital late at night and it was completely deserted save for a few doctors and nurses and patients an additional dialogue early in the drafts of the scripts actually referred to this as Haddonfield Clinic and not a fully staffed hospital. Okay, so they had been like, this is like a small clinic or something. I could see it then. Okay, they're not going to be staffed. But the way they went was this is a hospital. hospital. There's no way that on this entire floor. Yeah. First of all, again, just like Scream 2022, apparently Jamie Lee Curtis, Lori, is the only patient on this entire floor. Yep. There doesn't appear to be anybody else here. Nope. And this entire wing, whatever it is. That's. And there's not really anybody to watch 
her and make sure she's okay. This is absolutely true. And this is one of our biggest critiques of the show yeah. is where are the, where's all the people? Where's all the other patients? Where's me. the nurses? Where's the doctors? I need you to have other people, patients, doctors, at least in the nurses. Yes. There are not as many doctors and they're probably hanging out in a different area of the hospital because they'll only come if needed right. for something. Otherwise, the nurses can call them or page them. Mm-hmm. Back in these days, you know, probably call them up or whatever area of the hospital they're in, ask them questions, get orders that way. Right. I get that. But there's going to be people at the hospital. And at the very least, there's going to be like janitors walking around cleaning because at night it's going to be easier for them to clean up. Now, during the day, they'll be out, too, because we've seen them and we've been in enough hospitals at this point in time. But at night is also an easy time for them to kind of clean up, get your trash, do all of that. Absolutely. They tend to come later in the day, as I recall. Yeah. And some of your hospital stays. So you would, you yeah. would know that better than I would, but yeah, because you were, I know, but yeah, I'm just, just, this annoys me about this movie. Uh, yes. And it forever. Well, when we're watching this, I'm just like, where's everybody? He's just walking around. Like he's not even trying to be stealth about it. He just walks around. And it's like, I'm here killing people. Mm-hmm. And you know, you got Lori who's now abandoned on her own because they killed the three people that were there. Yes. Really? Oh my gosh. Anyway, so moving on. Leo Rossi introduced Jamie Lee Curtis to her future husband, Christopher Guest, through their mutual celebrity softball league. Okay. That's cute. That is pretty cool. That's so nice. I liked that little tidbit there. That was that was a fun little fact. Lance Guest, who was relatively unknown when he made this movie, went on to star with Dan O. Hurley, Hurley, I, I totally did not say that right, who plays Cochrane in Halloween 3 season of The Witch in the movie The Last Starfighter. So they, those two actors were together in The Last Starfighter. Okay. In 1984. And that movie, The Last Starfighter, was directed by Nick Castle. He did go off to become a director. A director. So this yep. all ties in together. Fun times. Fun times. I like when everything kind of ties in together. Until Halloween 2018, this was one of the only uh, two Halloween films released by Universal Studios. Okay. After the massive success of the first film, Universal picked up the sequel. When Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, didn't fare so well, Universal was like, We're going to okey-dokey you. We don't need this. And they gave the rights to Trancas International, who is an affiliate of Universal's, who produced films until these these films until 1989. And then in 1996, the rights were sold to Miramax. Okay. So this is always fun when it's just like, let's just bounce around. It's all these different distributions. And then it went back to Universal. Yes. Because Miramax was sold. So this is also why... If you are streaming these movies, it might be a bit annoying to find all of them. Yes. Because they're going to be on different platforms. Yes. People have different rights and Yes. So you can't find it all in the same place. So this is why we buy things. My suggestion is go out and buy the full DVDs. Blu-rays. Blu-rays. Probably more likely now, but yeah. You can Mm -hmm. get bonus commentary, making of it. Yes. On top of watching the movie and not having to struggle to find it. Streaming is cool, but... It doesn't scratch the itch of like knowing what happened on set. Getting the commentary, the commentary, behind the scenes bloopers are fun too. Yeah, if they've got those on there. And Trailers. Yeah, it's a good time. So yeah, we still buy movies. Yeah, DVDs mm-hmm. won't be dead for a long time. No. Mm-mm. 
no, people are still out there buying them, and we are definitely. If you walk into a Target or a Best Buy and there's no more DVDs there, that's when they're going to be dead. Mm-hmm. But I don't foresee that for a while. No, unless streaming I. starts adding the bonus things that people want. But right, who knows in the future? Right. Even though Jamie Lee Curtis receives top billing, Donald Pleasance actually has a lot more screen time, which is true. That makes more sense. Yeah, he's way more involved in the story than she is. Yeah. John Carpenter spent time growing up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So, of course, we've got several references to Bowling Green in the surrounding area. Smith's Grove and Russellville are towns nearby. Bowling Green is in Warren County, where Haddonfield is set. And Elrod, Chestnut, Bypass, and Scottsville are all names of local streets in Bowling Green. And additionally, someone in the film makes a reference to the Lost River Drive-In, which was a real drive-in in... Bowling Green. Bowling Green. And if you remember, there were Bowling Green references in the first one, too, including the orchestra. Yes. Which was not really an orchestra. Go back and listen to that. It's pretty funny. I I love that he does this, though. These little shout-outs. Tie-ins. Yes, yep. I think that's fun. Yeah, me too. Pamela Susan Shoup told Femme Fatales magazine in 2001 that she didn't want to do the film because she hates horror movies. <laughs> Yikes. Probably not the best one to audition for. You know, Jamie Lynn Curtis does not. She does, does not, not like horror movies. No, either. she doesn't watch them either. Yeah, which is pretty funny to me, it, that especially is, considering her mom and everything. That's pretty. I mean, good hilarious. thing she's a great actor, right? Yeah. Actress. Uh, also, Pamela didn't want to do the movie because it required nudity and she'd never done that before. But her manager pushed her into it, saying it was a high-profile production, so she reluctantly agreed. She spent two days shooting her nude scene in the jacuzzi and hated every minute of it. She was crying on the second day, heading to the studio, and almost didn't even go in. The producers had promised her a closed set, but she counted 19 people. Well, that's pretty close. Which, yeah, I was going to say, you would know a little it's bit like more than more I would. It's like more like 30 people. Even. 30 to 60 people on a normal day set. But I think the problem here is that of the 19 people, most of them were men who were standing around watching her take off her clothes. I and can I understand think, that. Yeah. So I think that's part of it, too, is, you know, especially back in those days, they didn't have it's going to be mostly men coordinators. They didn't have that. And it's going to be mostly men on a set. Because yeah. Nowadays, there's more opportunities for women. And Deborah Hill, I feel like, was a little bit more of a anomaly in this right. case. Now, like you said, there's intimacy coordinators. They specifically go out of their way to make it a real closed set. Like mm-hmm. we're as minimal people as possible, which probably they did not need all 19 of these. People. Probably not, mm-hmm. but they back we're in gonna the day, consider that a closed set. That's what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the director started pressuring her into shooting the scene fully nude, then that was not in her contract. Shoop said she almost agreed, but then producer Deborah Hill stepped in and told her that she didn't have to do it. Thank God for Which that. Which is really why I'm happy Deborah Hill was on these these movies, because she really was looking out for, right, right. for the, the people when she could. I don't like it when directors like are on the set and they're like, oh, do it fully nude, when it only in the script is only, you're only topless. I don't like to talk mm-hmm. the actress or actor into something they didn't agree to. And... I really feel like you need to look at the scene itself and say, what does this add to it? Right. Other than you're just, you know, trying to to get more views, you know, have people talk about, oh, did you see she's fully naked in that movie? Like, it's disgusting. Did you need that for the movie for the purpose of the scene? No. No, not really. Exactly. That's another thing. 
An interview with John Carpenter revealed that the whole idea of Michael and Lori being brother and sister was a consequence of the airing of the original Halloween on television. Highly interesting. Yes, yes. Okay. okay. I piqued your interest. I can tell. After NBC obtained the television broadcast rights, they contacted him with the request for more footage because the film was actually too short for the intended time slot. Carpenter, who is making little progress on his Halloween 2 script, because mm-hmm. he established, mm-hmm. <sighs> then conceived of the whole hidden family connection inspired by the Luke, I am your father revelation from Star Wars episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, which came out in 1980. So Star Wars influenced Halloween. What is this? It's hilarious. The twist allowed him to film additional scenes for Halloween, the 1978 original, which retroactively dropped hints to this family connection, such as a scene inside Michael Myers' cell where the word sister is carved onto the door and at the same time served as a plot device to get his new script going. Carpenter later said the brother thing was awful, just awful. He (laughs) later collaborated on Halloween 2018, a late successor that effectively replaced Halloween 2 as the direct sequel to Halloween. As we said, we went over the whole timeline in our first Halloween episode. So go back and listen to that too, too. If you want to hear the you know, the, the tie-in and storylines and whatnot. Where it all yeah. went on. So in this case, they essentially dropped the whole brother-sister angle. But it just makes me laugh that it's Star Wars. Yeah. That influenced Halloween to have this brother-sister thing. That is pretty cool, though. It's so funny. The things that you want. George Lucas. Uh-huh. Everywhere. Him. He's just oof, yep. influencing everybody. All right. So we have some quotes. So a Doyle... Doyle neighbor. Is this a joke? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. Sam Loomis. You don't know what death is. This just makes me laugh because it's like so intense the way that Dr. Loomis like yells it at him. And I'm just like, yep, okay. I think he's always (laughs) doing that. That's why people think he's crazy. Even though he he literally knows exactly what he's talking about. Right. And is right. But the way he just yells at everybody is what makes them go, what is wrong with you, dude? Like, you need to take a chill pill and calm down. Yeah. So it it just cracks me up. And then uh, after discovering Lori as Michael's sister, Sam Loomis to the marshal, turn this car around now. Again, yelling at the guy. Uh, The marshal says, I can't do that. I have orders. And then, of course, (laughs) Sam Loomis draws out a gun and points it at him because that's what you do in these situations. That's what you do. And yells, well, those orders have changed. Marshall says, doctor, you're getting yourself into a lot of trouble. And Sam Loomis replies, what is it you guys usually do? Fire a warning shot, right? And then he shoots out the window (laughs) and the car (laughs) stops and turns around. And that makes me laugh because this is why they think dr Lemus is insane because he is now granted he's doing this because he's like you guys are fucking idiots i'm yes. telling you what's happening i'm explaining to you where he's going what he's about to do what the problem is and you don't listen or believe me right so i have to be a crazy person to get my point across but still don't you feel like if they were just listening to dr Lemus more mm-hmm. he wouldn't have to be so crazy Case in point, yes. this yes. right now. No, I I agree. This it just feeds into each other. Yeah, he acts crazy. They think he's crazy. He acts crazy. They think he's crazy. But he knows what he's talking about. He's Absolutely. Correct. Yeah, he, he knows. So 
overall, I do like this movie, even I do though too. obviously John Carpenter like hates it, but I still like it. It's a cult classic. You'll mm-hmm. never talk people out of watching this. Mm-hmm. I do think the beginning of it is slow, mm-hmm. but it, then it starts picking up. So I'm glad John Carpenter put some more action sequence in it. Mm-hmm. I wonder the first cut of it, was it super slow? Possibly. There was obviously something. I mean, he he said he wanted to gore it up to keep up with the other movies. Right. Which makes sense. But yeah, I just wonder what it would have been like without the extra scenes. It probably right. would have been slow. and Extremely slow. You have to keep up with the times, unfortunately, mm-hmm. when you're making these movies. So you got to make some adjustments there. So I get why he did that. No, I understand too. For sure. But yeah, like we said, like the needle in the eye. It's pretty. That's pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Pretty legit sometimes. And then I would go ahead. The uh, Halloween ends. I mean, the it, it doesn't get any worse than that, right? The whole tongue thing. If you haven't I watched, I can't wait till we talk about that movie because I can't wait till we talk about it either. I'm gonna. There's, we're gonna have to rewatch it. And I'm once again, I did not watch it in the theater because once I saw it, when the there was scissors right when yeah. he brought those out I was like no mm-hmm. no no and I just was like waiting it was a clever it scene the way that I liked it I mm-hmm. thought it was good mm-hmm. but what were you gonna say I was gonna say that once again to this movie as the Halloween movies love to do tries to end it so mm-hmm. in the first one you know bang, 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 shoot him up and of course Michael leaves you know right it's Michael but then this one they blow him up so then when we return michael mm-hmm. we have to fix it and it's just it just cracks me up how we just do all this shit to him and then it's just like oh michael's okay he's okay and dr loomis seemingly should not have survived the explosion and yet they're just like yeah he's cool too he's fine he's walking around even just, though he has a cane he's still that's walking all he around. needs he's fine. He, he's fine he didn't really get injured don't worry about it it just these movies have to constantly fix what happened before them or my favorite is they just ignore everything that happened for them and do what they want. That's always a good time as that well. That is always a good time. Yeah, and then you're like, wait, so which movies am I acknowledging now? Yes. Which which one counts? That's a fun time as well, too. Absolutely. Yeah, these storylines. But yeah, I like it. It's got a lot of action. Like you said, it's kind of the second half of the movie where it really picks up. I mean, once Michael gets to the hospital and starts murdering everybody. Yeah. That's when it really, really picks up. And the the whole jacuzzi tub scene, I think that's a pretty good two kills. Yeah. That he does. He he, he killed a lot of creative ways in this yeah. than he could in the first one. Mm-hmm. So that, I do like that aspect yeah, of things. Yeah, because, I mean, the first one, it was good, but this one definitely was a little bit more graphic, which is, I guess, what he was going for. You're right. Setting up the whole movie. So I think that John and team did a good job with with that aspect and and you know i always like these scenes too where lori seemingly is getting out she makes it to the car and then it doesn't work and she still can't escape right yeah her her rider her driver i should say bites it and then Mm -hmm. yeah it makes a bunch of noise and yeah michael figures out where she is so yeah (sighs) even though michael walks extremely slow and people still can't get away from him. No. But it is, it is what it is. And Dr. Loomis is always, like, running to catch up to him while he just slowly ambles to wherever he's going. Yes. And he never catches up. Yes. Unfortunately. 
Yes. Yeah. But other than the abandoned hospital thing, I like. Yeah, it was all in all, it's a great, good movie. Mm -hmm. So if you have not checked it out, check it out. Mm -hmm. And thank you for checking out this episode. Ah, we've not done our trivia questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, trivia. I gotta ask you the trivia questions. Okay. Are you ready for these? I'm ready for this. Okay. So at the very beginning, when Michael's wandering around in the neighborhood, you remember he breaks in the the old lady in the old guy's house. Mm -hmm. He takes the knife when Mm -hmm. she's making a sandwich. Mm-hmm. So, what movie are the Elrods watching in the opening scene? Uh, I think it's Night of the Living Dead. I don't know why you would know that. I, because I, I remember it is. It's that it. movie. I remember it. Yes, it's Night of the Living Dead, which so ironic because then they become the Night of the Living. Well, I guess they're not living; they're just dead. But they're just still, dead. It's still kind of funny. What is the name of the teenager who gets hit and blown up by the police car? I already said this. It's the guy. It's Brent. Brent? Almost. Ben Tramer, who is Lori's crush. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. He's the one who. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Towards the end of the movie, Lori shoots Michael. What part of Michael's body does she shoot? Which I think we also talked about. The eyes. Yeah. Which is why he bleeds. Yeah. That's why he bleeds out the eye. Mm hmm. Yeah. They always do such interesting things, too, to really fuck up the mask. So then. And the next one, if they're going to continue the original storyline, now it's going to be like all, you know. All right. The mask is burnt or it's Yeah, and the eyeballs something. all like messed up. Yeah. So, yeah, they always like to do interesting things like that, too. Yes. So if they're going to continue, now they got to go back and be like, oh, fuck, what did they do to the, the last mask? What did we do with it? Like, that? especially when we get to the last series, the newest Halloween movies. Yeah. every movie is just like progressively worse and worse for Michael. Yeah. <laughs> mask. I've really fucked it up multiple times. But it makes it creepier and scary. I don't know. I feel like there's two, like the very last version when it's all like burned and like half a mask almost and super creepy. That's super creepy. Yeah. But you still have the original, which is just that white nothing. Mm -hmm. Also very creepy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. And to tie into this, we'll be having an episode releasing soon if it's not out now. Probably soon because... I don't know when we'll get to record it, but we're going to talk about our visit to Halloween Horror Nights. Yes, we are. And my favorite house, spoiler, which I'll also be talking about in the next episode, that episode, is the Michael Myers house. Yes. Was that your favorite? Or was it one of the others? Yeah, I do like the Michael Myers house. I do think it's one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. but... There were a few other ones that would I liked as well. Well, I'll share why it was my favorite when we do that. That episode will not be an audio episode. It will be on YouTube. So yes. please go check that out when it releases. Yes. Yeah, keep an eye on, subscribe once the little bell yeah. on YouTube. And Notifications. You know. like- yeah. Besides this, you'll also see when we release that episode as well, where we get to talk about Halloween Horror Nights. Which, yep. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, his house was actually really fun and Always. very put together. It was. I never have a problem with Halloween house, mm-hmm. Michael Myers' house. There's mm-hmm. always that's the always the longest wait mm-hmm. because it had the longest wait all night. Yes, I thought it was going to be in a big competition with the weekend, but right. no, it was Michael Myers the whole night. Yes, and we just had to be like, all right. Let's go get in line. Last yep. last house. So we're gonna go get in line. Yes, that was the last did. one we did that night, and which I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. Yes. Note. It was it was a lot of waiting around for that. Mm-hmm. So But on here, the next episode should be Halloween three. 
Yes. Which again, there's a very particular reason why Halloween three is the way it is, yeah, which right. we will get into when we discuss that episode. But I know a lot of people are basically like, what the fuck yeah. is up with this movie? And we will get into what the fuck is up with that movie. I yes, promise. we will. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say? Nope. Just like and subscribe and follow us. Mm -hmm. And please rate and review. It definitely does help a small studio out. Yes. Much appreciated. And thank you for checking us out. All right. So we will see you next time. Yep. Thanks. Bye. You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast is produced and hosted by Robbie and Sammy Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Podcast Network. Post-production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at BoogeymanPod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting Company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at Robert1950 Studios and at The Samalam. We also have a TikTok at 1950 Studios. Email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at boogeymanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. Have a horrific week.